Hello and welcome to Let's Pod This. My name is Andy Moore. It's good to be with you on this uh, Friday afternoon. Joining me, as always, is my co-host and friend, Dr. Scott Melson. Hello, sir. What's up, man? How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. It's been uh, quite the week, Scott, in Oklahoma government and politics, and we are going to break it down for you now. Gosh, Scott, I I have to get my head right about this week because I've been, uh, I'll be honest, I've been very angry for a good portion of the week. How about you? Yeah, same. (laughs) I assume our listeners have as well. And um, let's talk about it. Do you want to go in order of our notes today? It starts with some non-legislative things that are uh, infuriating but worth noting, I think. And then just kind of go down and then really spend the bulk of the time talking about legislative and governor gubernatorial sparring. And then I think we should talk about like the impact of this stuff on rank and file. And then maybe what we think is going to happen. Let's do it. How take does it, that sound? Take us away. Come on. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll start with, uh, secretary Walters. Um, I forgot we've got music for him. Uh, you know, Walters said that uh, diversity, equity, inclusion efforts are Marxist and calls for spending reports from, I think, every school district, right? Where he Wait, wants. He says they're Marxist. Yeah. So, so what, what about them is Marxist specifically? Like where, Scott, what, that what part of, matter. what part of, what part of the works of Karl Marx is he <laughs> referencing um, when he, when he talks about DEI? I mean, has he? I mean, has he read? Like, has he read the Communist Manifesto? No, I'm gonna guess not. I mean, I I'm I would guess not too. Um, has he read Das Kapital? I, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, because I, I I have read parts of Das Kapital and I've read all of the Communist Manifesto, and there is a significant focus on like labor and what it means and what it's worth and how it should be utilized in society. Um, but I didn't see anything in either of them about diversity. He said DEI is Marxist at its core. It would be more accurate to call them divide, exclude, and indoctrinate instead of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because it uses the same letters. It's, I mean, cl- it's clever. That is, that it's is clever. a little bit witty. I, but... Um, I think whoever his comms person was did a good job of, you know, rebranding that to fit his narrative. No, 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 but no. It's still do wrong. Not, do not give his comms staff credit. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> it was probably national comms staff that probably parachuted in with this. Anyway, as always, he said these concepts are vehicles to teach harmful ideologies. Um, Representative Melissa Provenzano, a Democrat lawmaker and former school administrator, uh, responded by saying why our school superintendent would display his lack of understanding of these basic workforce needs is hard to fathom. These words are not scary. When applied, they help us work productively and professionally with people that may be different than us in some way. That's it. Uh, with which I agree. I think uh, Representative Pro- Provenzano is correct there. Yep. Um, it. I, do you think the media should just stop reporting on this? This is a thing I struggle with all the time, right? Like, where's the line between reporting information the public needs to know and should know and giving a platform to, like, just bananas ideologies? Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's a statewide elected official. So I feel like, you know, you, 
you know, you have to cover, I mean, I do think we have to cover things that he, that he says, but I think our local media calls, calls it out for the nonsense that it is most of the time. That's probably true. Um, you know, and if you're going to consume, if you're going to consume what Ryan Walter says, probably the only place you're going to consume it is on local media, right? Like, um, I mean, he oh, tried right. to get a speaking slot at CPAC and couldn't. So um, I don't think he's. I don't think he's probably getting a lot of airtime on Newsmax, right? And so, so or Fox. So if you're if if you're someone locally who's hearing things that Ryan Walters is saying, you're hearing it. I think on local media, and I think most of the time you're you're getting that context. Well, and I, I think it just. I think people are. I, I don't know. I'd like, surely people are like, all right, man, like this is played out. We know this is a talking point. You've said it every time your mouth opens for the last several years. We don't really believe you anymore. I mean, the legislators know that that's a talking point, right? Like even the, even the like, Oh, that's true. They don't like it. Right. Yeah. Like even the, even the, the <clears throat> members of the legislature that ostensibly are on his team are like, all right, dude, like, can you chill out with the, like our schools are full of porn? Right. Right. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, it's really like, it's honestly, like it really like it's it has gotten to the like it's gotten to the point that it's like bizarre. I mean that's why we have this music, right? Right. Right. I mean we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't play the theme to Debbie Does Dallas as a as a a tongue in cheek joke about this if he didn't talk about it all the time. I assume that there is no one who listens to the show that knows Brian Walters and can let him know that this is what we do. I don't, he but don't, man, I hope it's wrong. Well, and he doesn't care. I, I mean, mean, I'm sure he doesn't. But like. He, I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know, this is one of those things like, and now I want to be, I want to be very, very clear because I do not want to be accused of defamation or libel. Although I don't think you can libel a public official. Maybe right. you can, uh, I don't, but, but to be very clear, I have no idea what is or is not in uh, Ryan Walter's search history or on his phone or on his computer at the house. I have no idea. However, I do think it is important to note that in our culture, over the last couple of decades, some of the people who have been the loudest critics of things like legalizing uh, gay marriage or uh, 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 punishment for pedophilia um, have have um, themselves later been caught to be engaged in those very same things, often at a very high level. So... You know, am I saying that that means that Ryan Walters has a computer full of porn at the house? It's not what I'm saying at all. I hope not. Uh, but uh, I'm just saying it uh, makes me curious. Right. No, it is like a weird thing to like harp on this much. Um, more importantly, Scott, I think and I'm going to turn off the uh, theme music here because this isn't about him. But the, the, you know, he said this in a meeting in the State Board of Education. And so Thursday, the State Board unanimously voted to require every public school district in the state. And there's what, like? 500 of them or something to submit a special report detailing all spending materials, personnel and third party contractors focused on diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives this school year. I want someone, maybe it should be us um, to, to submit a open records request to find out how much uh, to detail all the spending materials, personnel time used to compile this list. Yeah. Right. Because I, I guarantee you, it's going to cost more to do that than what they're spending on DEI programs. Right. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, if they didn't do any, they can be like, well, we didn't do any. But, right. But also, what does that really mean? Right. right. Like there's some- right. Right. Um, and and I will say, um, the fact that the fact that the report is going to be, I think, um, 
very short and have very few entries um, is a problem in and of itself. Like we should be spending a lot of money on DEI. Um, but well, the, or the, just at least doing it, right? Right. Because to Representative Provenzano's point, right? Right. We, we as humans should be better about right. learning and appreciating the similarities and the differences between us and how better to work with one another. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Respecting right. another person as, a, as right. a person for who they are. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, and this is just another example. We talked about this before, but this is another example of the, the propensity on the right is like anything you don't like, call it socialist or communist, right? And now we're just saying, well, it's more, DEI is Marxist. Like that's a, like, that's a meaningless statement, right? right. Like <laughs> not only like like it's un, it's untrue and it's, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I wonder if uh, you know, at this point I wonder if Walters could even spell uh, Marx, right? I, um, I feel like uh, – even the communists would be upset about this. They're like, no, 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 you missed the point. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not communism. We're trying to do something over here. Yeah. Right. Um, gosh. Anyway, that's the first thing we're going to talk about. You want to do the next one? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, uh, we, we, we know that after uh, the Supreme Court's overturn of Roe v. Wade last year, um, that many states, including Oklahoma, uh, quickly, uh, quickly uh, uh, responded by enacting um, – um, lots of abortion bans. Um, in some cases, they even enacted laws that are that are contradictory to each other. Right. Um, one of the confusing things um, for doctors in Oklahoma in the past year has been: we don't actually know what is legal and illegal because these laws are so poorly written, unclear, and appear to contradict um, each other. Um, but broadly speaking, um, abortion is is illegal in Oklahoma, um, other than medical emergencies or to save the life of of the mother. Um, but what what medical emergency means and what um, and what a, a what it means for a woman's life to be in danger is not always clear and I think doctors um, have a hard time um, trusting that their medical judgment in these matters is going to be respected so enter the case of uh, it's Jackie right JC or Jackie I think it's Jackie Jackie uh, Staten um, <clears throat> this is in the Oklahoman right yeah yeah um, who developed a, a molar pregnancy? Um, which what, is can you can you break that down? Yeah, so a molar pregnancy is a is a complication of pregnancy, um, and it, it involves cells that are called trophoblasts, um, and these are cells that um, these are cells that usually they're they're supposed to turn into the the placenta, right? Which is the 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 apparatus that sustains and like nourishes um, and protects the, the fetus or, or the baby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, she developed what was called a partial molar pregnancy, um, which is where um, there's like a, a swelling of the placental tissue. There's um, There are uh, uh, cysts. There can be some fetal tissue, um, but the fetus um, will not be able to survive. Um, and, and it typically results in a, uh, a miscarriage pretty early in the pregnancy. Um, and it has to be, it has to be treated. Usually, um, I believe usually they have to go in and actually take these out with a DNC, um, which is considered to be an abortion. Um, and that's important because this, um, can pose substantial risks to, um, the, the mother, to the woman. Um, there can be, um, cancers that develop um, there can be bleeding, uh, there can be infection. Um, it's very, it's, it's a quite dangerous, um, condition. So, um, as I understand it, um, uh, this particular woman, um, Jackie, do we decide it? Did we decide it was Jackie? Yes. Yes. Um, so Jackie, um, developed, um, some vaginal bleeding, high blood pressure, intense nausea. She was diagnosed with a molar, 
pregnancy. Um, and she went to have this treated, but she was seen at two different hospitals and, and was told that we can't help you. We can't help you because, um, you're not, your life is not in enough danger yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's going to be, but it's not yet. Right. And, and she's quoted as saying, they said, the best thing we can tell you is to go sit in the parking lot until something serious happens and then come back and we'll help you. Which is just yeah. insane. Right. Right. Just insane. Um, and so then uh, another doctor said, we can't do an abortion here, but there are other states that can. Um, two days later, she drove to Kansas. Um, she uh, Two days later, she drove to Kansas um, to an abortion clinic, which is the closest facility to Oklahoma City that would help her. Um, and as they um, as they're walking into the clinic, she, she was um, in a parking lot surrounded by protesters saying to stone all of the whores. Mm. Um, I mean, this is... This this isn't new that this happens. It's definitely gotten worse. Um, um, I have a, a very close friend who's, who several years ago um, was was pregnant with a baby that was uh, a pregnancy that was planned, a, a baby that was desired. They went for their twenty week ultrasound. Or their twenty week ultrasound, they found out that the child had a condition that um, they were not going to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and the options were to carry the pregnancy to term or try to carry the pregnancy to term, um, knowing that the baby was going to die or to terminate the pregnancy. They elected to terminate the pregnancy, um, and they uh, drove to Dallas at the time. That was the closest place they could go, and she walked into the clinic to have uh, to have this. Uh, procedure done and and walked past um and walked past a um a, a slew of protesters um begging her begging her mm-hmm. not to terminate her pregnancy and let one of them take her baby home mm-hmm. um i mean it's just it's 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 barbaric right where right. where we are now and this is um you know this is what happens when we have when we have laws um about medical procedures written by people who don't understand them yeah yeah I have someone close to me that had to drive to Wichita um, in the last few months, and they did so alone, they and their partner, because they were afraid to tell anybody what was happening because they knew about some of the aspects of the law that like potentially threatened the rest of us for even knowing and offering support, right? And so they isolated, drove the hours up there um, for the same you know kind of deal. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. I think yeah. barbaric is a good word. Um, if, uh, listeners, I know many of you care about this issue deeply, um, and let us know, uh, if you're not already connected with some of the groups that are working on this, on the front lines, we'd happily get you connected. Um, I think there is, I think Oklahomans are taking notice, right? Um, I think, I think the other side will continue to push very aggressively and I think they're going to push too far at some point. Um, and that will give us a little bit of hope at, um, at, Pulling back uh, and, and regaining some some semblance of rights here, however meager they may be. I don't know. Have a, I don't have a good transition away from that story. That's yeah, just heartbreaking. Yeah. So we'll sit here in the pain for a moment, <clears throat> and then um, then we'll pivot to talk about. Uh, gosh, I guess the last forty eight hours, right? So a lot of this happened Wednesday afternoon. We are recording this on Friday afternoon. Uh, and what happened on Wednesday, Scott, you may know, uh, Governor Stitt got out his pen, the big veto pen, and put it to use. Can we start calling him um, Prince Kevin of House Stitt? No. <laughs> no, we cannot. <laughs> Why? Uh, Why? That's, what he's, that's, what he, that's what he's acting like. He's, act, he's acting like uh, he's, he's, he's throwing a tantrum because he doesn't get his way. He thinks that he – I guess he reminds me of uh, – of, um, 
Prince John on Disney's Robin Hood, right? They're right. Like, yeah. Right. Mama. Yeah. <laughs> Sucked his thumb. Yeah. Um, and like throws a little tantrum. Uh, yeah. So let's, um, before we talk about him vetoing these bills, just to reframe this so the listeners remember where we're at, because not so, everyone is like paying attention day to day, I hope. I so mean, what had happened was. What had happened was. Um, what had happened was that. Um, um, education was always going to be a hot topic at the Capitol this session. Senator Adam Pugh spent the last year um, working with um, uh, parents, working with teachers, kind of traveling all over the state, coming up with a package of edu- education-related bills and policies that he was going to try and enact this year. Not to say that that wasn't going to, you know, one, not to say it was perfect, two, not to say that it was all going to become law, but that's where the Senate was heading with education. And we'll remember last year um, that uh, the governor was pushing hard uh, for a a voucher bill, right, so-called school choice. Um, There was no appetite for that in the Senate. The uh, House didn't even take it up last year, did they? No. Um, And and so the governor was pushing for vouchers this year, um, and and it appeared that that was going to be essentially a non-starter. And even – oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Earlier in the legislative session, uh, with very little notice, um, uh, Speaker McCall uh, brought two bills to the House floor um, that uh, created uh, – I believe they funded funded a teacher pay raise, but also created, um, created tax cuts for private and home school – private – tax cuts for parents who either homeschool their children or send them to private schools. Um, very important, Andy, that these are tax cuts, not vouchers. Um, that's not very important. They're the same thing. Um, but that's just um, up front or on the back end, right? Right. Um, 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 and dropped those on the house floor. They passed the house. They went to the Senate and, and McCall basically threw out an ultimatum that says, um, this is the only education reform that's going to get through the house. Um, the Senate has to pass this. They have to pass it as is. If they amend it, it's not going to pass the house. And if education reform doesn't happen this year, if teachers don't get a pay raise, it's going to be on Greg treat and the people across the hall. Right. Um, the Senate uh, said, "We will see your middle finger, and we will we will raise you one." Um, they they passed their own education package, um, right? Didn't they pass yeah, one? Yeah, yep, and, yep. and sent that Pew's, back. Pew's plan, and, yep. and they sent that back to the House, who said, "No, no, no. We sent you our bill." Yeah. They also passed. They passed I think McCall said, "Like the Senate bills are dead on dead arrival." On arrival. Yeah. Um, and then I think the Senate also passed the House bills, but with some significant amendments, which McCall said. Don't do that. They'll kill them. Right. So we already had the House and the Senate kind of at loggerheads um, over education. And then um, uh, Prince Kevin uh, decided that um, really the way forward here was for him to present his education proposal. Because right. that is what Oklahomans That's right. have elected him to do. He said, boys, 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 let me let me solve this for you. Yeah. So uh, he put a proposal, which uh, I, I I think that essentially it's kind of a, a, a watered-down version of the House proposal. Yeah, right? yeah. Like very it's similar. Kind of, it's kind of the same thing. So he proposed that. The House passed it and sent, and sent it to the Senate, and the Senate has shown absolutely no interest in, in, in taking that up. Yeah. So and, I mean, the Senate was like, we're not going to do it at all. And in fact, they amended some of the House bills yeah. to make them their own again. Yeah, right. And then send them back to the House. Right. Um, so that brings us to this week. And Andrew, what has happened? What's happened in the last uh, 48 hours? You know, in uh, no particular order, I mean, the Senate did amend things. The Senate passed an $8,000 teacher pay raise, which is the biggest number they've thrown out there. I think they did that because they know it's dead when it gets back to the House, right? Um, the They... 
I've just shown no interest in this. And so on Wednesday afternoon, the governor vetoed 20 bills, all Senate bills, like all originated in the Senate. They all have to have a House author because they passed both chambers, right? And went to the governor's desk. And so the governor in a statement, right? Like he was making a statement. He said, until you pass what I want, I'm not, I'm going to veto everything you got, Greg. And so he vetoed these 20 bills. Um, most of them have can, no, can, nothing to do with education whatsoever. Can we get a list of some of the bills that uh, Prince Kevin has decided shalt shall not become law on yes. his watch? Yes. So we, uh, you know, we've got a bill, Senate Bill 123, that would modify guidelines related to the parole process and I think make them better. Um, Senate Bill 60 would extend the Board of Chiropractic Examiners until 2026. So like a lot of these state boards like need to be reauthorized every few years. This would extend that one out. Um, the uh, Senate Bill 369 would prohibit long-term care facilities from hiring nurse aides who have registered as a sex offender. Seems good. Seems reasonable. Um, Senate Bill, I mean, I would hope that they don't do it anyway, but this would prohibit it. Sure. Senate Bill 395 would allow Oklahomans to make a donation on their income tax form to support disaster response, an actual evidence of the Oklahoma standard in some ways. Senate Bill 534 would change the eligibility income cap for families to qualify for disability services from $45,000 a year up to 300% of the federal poverty line, which is a little bit higher than that. Senate Bill 711 would direct jails to take steps to prevent or stop opioid overdoses, right? They would give them Narcan at jails, and this prevents that, which is, like, dumb. Literally Uh, saving lives. Senate Bill 712 would direct hospitals to take steps to prevent or stop opioid overdoses. Same thing. Both these bills went together, right? We want hospitals and jails to help people live. Not die. Not die. Um, uh, Senate Bill 840 would amend the state's collegiate athletics name, image, and likeness, or NIL, guidelines. This is important. This is a big deal. Because Oklahoma is, you know, Oklahoma wants to be competitive in collegiate sports, right? And I mean, at least one of our schools does. <laughs> right. And <laughs> uh, Sorry. 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 Sorry, Oklahoma State fans. Apologies. Um, that was a cheap shot. One, one of the uh, the deals, right, is that now under NCAA rules – Players can make money from their name, their image, and their likeness, right? Yes. And the but it is somewhat dependent on state law on how that functions. Correct. In Oklahoma, it is not favorable for students. So if you are a star high school athlete and you're looking at colleges and you know you can start making money because you're a star athlete in college, you're going to go to where you can make the most money, right? I mean, that's going to be a part of your decision for yeah. sure. Right. Also, I don't know what else. Proximity to a beach. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're not winning that one at all. Um, Two more, right? Um, Oh, there's a couple of House bills he did. I'll take it back. There's three House bills he vetoed. I think these were the day before. Um, 2608 would modify definitions related to the Sex Offenders Registration Act. House Bill 2819 would recreate the Oklahoma Advisory Council on Indian Education. Um, There's just uh, a lot of bills... There's Senate Bill. He vetoed the Muppets. Oh, yes. Let's talk about the Muppets. Uh, In fact, well, let's talk about it, and then we're going to hear from Governor Stitt here. Um, Play play what he says. So we're talking about this. He vetoed vetoed a bill that would – it would reestablish, right, the Oklahoma Educational Television Authority? Yes. Is the – so OETA. He vetoed OETA. 
Yes. And he was asked about this this morning, I think. And this yeah, is today, what he, yeah, he did uh, a little press availability. This is what he had to say. Why is why are we spending taxpayer dollars uh, to prop up uh, the OETA? It, it makes no sense to me. And then when you further look at the programming, I don't think Oklahomans want to use their tax dollars uh, to indoctrinate kids. And some of the stuff that's that they're that they're showing it just overly sexualizes our kids. There's parents defend child transition on PBS that's being played. Um, there's elevating LGBTQ. IA2S plus voices. So some of the stuff that we see that's being programmed out there in that uh, uh, in that that program. And again, um, if you want to watch that, that's fine. But why am I using taxpayer dollars to uh, to prop that up? I don't think we need that. And um, glad glad to veto that bill. Um. So so one thing, Prince Kevin. Um, you aren't using taxpayer dollars to fund OETA because that is not your constitutional prerogative. The legislature is using taxpayer dollars to fund OETA because that is their constitutional prerogative. So when you say, why am I, I, I funded OETA with taxpayer dollars? You're not because that's not your job. I mean, to be fair, part of the checks and balances of our government allows our chief executive to uses veto power. The legislature can still override that on all of these bills, right? The In theory, the legislature has the votes to override all of these vetoes if they want. The question is, do they want to? Maybe. Um, I also, in answer to his first question of why are we using um, taxpayer dollars to fund uh, to fund OETA? I can give you one reason. Um, it's because outside of the Oklahoma City and Tulsa metro areas, the OETA towers um, are the only towers that carry emergency alerts, like amber alerts and oh. tornado alerts and uh, severe thunderstorm warnings. Um, all of those are transmitted on OETA towers. The only place they're transmitted on commercial towers is in the Oklahoma City and Tulsa metro. So if you think folks in rural Oklahoma um, deserve to know when a tornado is going to come to their house, um, they get that message from OETA. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a big one. Also, every PBS affiliate, right, in America um, designs their own programming here locally, right? So like the OETA um, designs programming for Oklahoma. They can pull down stuff from PBS, um, but it is based on what the state wants. And for most of us, man, I know the Muppets aren't on there anymore, right? They're on HBO or something now, but they... The Muppets are on HBO? Sesame Street is. They got... They're not on, I don't think they're on OETA anymore. Did Sesame Street get racy? No, they uh, got sold, I think. But still, most of us grew up watching educational television, right? Yes. Um, yes. Nature shows, all this stuff that's on there. I don't. I honestly don't know what he's talking about, about this like overly sexualized shows on OETA. Is this like about uh, Call the Midwife? I don't <laughs> I mean, I... Maybe he doesn't like British TV? I mean, I, I, I assume he's listening to Ryan Walters, right? Like, I mean, they're operating out of the same playbook, right? But it, just the uh, the use of that phrase really it, it just was like a turd in a punch bowl in the middle of that speech. Like, right. It's, it's just a, everyone's like, what the hell? That, right. I mean, it's a buzzword, right? Like, it's If you a, don't like it, say you don't like it. And okay, you can say you don't believe it's a core function of government. That's fair. But to say that OETA is indoctrinating people, right? It's like I mean, it's, I mean, it's nonsense. Also, the idea that that's the problem, right? And not like um, the television shows that pay people to eat bugs and marry strangers for money, right? Like the, <laughs> but the OETA is not doing that. this. Old house is not the same as like right. Real Housewives. I I don't want to tell you. 
just bizarre to me. Now, um, in response to the governor's vetoes, the Senate was not happy. The Senate promptly, I mean, literally the next day on Thursday, came back and chose to not confirm two of Governor Stitt's cabinet officials, including um, the uh, Secretary of Health and Mental Health, right? Like, this is a big statewide position. Yeah. And now I think the governor can still re-nominate them, but it just, in the middle of this, Scott, what's happening to Oklahoma? Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's become it's become not it's not about pol- policy anymore. Right. It's not about what's good for Oklahoma. It's not about good policy. It's about politics. Right? It is like about it's a hundred percent about politics. It's about politics. And I, um, you know, yesterday, and it's, and it's quite frankly, it's a it's a uh, uh, it is a particular kind of measuring contest uh, <laughs> happening between uh, between the governor and uh, the legislature, specifically the Senate. Do you think we just gave him like some of those like padded like feudal sticks from American Gladiators and let him like duke it out in the parking lot of the Capitol? We could get this settled. I mean, I don't want to watch that. Do you want to watch that? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Um, I think I think the governor and the speaker would be a good match. I think Treat is always taller than I think he is, uh, and he maybe maybe that's better. Maybe he's like kind of stocky and has good low center of gravity. But I feel like it would be pretty even matched between these three guys. Uh, I mean, I I mean, I thumb thumb war something. I just, I just, we deserve better, man. Like we deserve, we 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 deserve better. Um, and this is what it looks like when this is what it looks like when you elect people who have no interest in politics and have never voted. Um, to, to govern. Yeah. So let's talk about the impact or the potential impact this has on electoral outcomes in the future, right? So yesterday, um, Oklahoma City Fox, local Fox station, Fox 25, um, the interview with me and with Greg Treat um, talking about this issue, of course. Oh, God, did they have you guys together? No. they <laughs> uh, that would have been amazing. No, they came to interview me and then they went to go interview him. And I told him, I was like, listen, you know, Senator Treat and I may disagree on a lot of issues, but I kind of feel for him right here, right? Where he's... It, he feels like they're ganging up on him, right? Where the speaker and the governor are aligned, because the speaker said the Senate just gotta, they just gotta fall in line. They gotta follow the House's lead on this, and whatever that phrase comes out by doing what I want, right? I mean, the Senate says the same thing. Well, they, the House should follow the Senate's lead, and it's like nobody wants to. You guys don't want to follow each other. Like we all know that's true, right? It's like two. It's like my kids in the back seat, and I'm trying to get one of them to to stop the fight, and they're both like, "Well, he started it," and they just keep going back and forth. Um, and it, you just want them to pipe down and like say, you know what, how about we just don't pass vouchers this year? Um, because we can't agree on how to do it. And also because the vast majority of Oklahomans don't want it. Polling is very clear on this, right? When you ask parents if they want to be able to choose where to send their kids to school, they say yes, but they include in that what public school their kids go to. When you ask parents, should taxpayer dollars be used to subsidize 
private school tuition or homeschooling, they inevitably say no right. by huge margins. So the idea that this is something that Oklahomans want is nonsense. It's just – it's not true. And it's not only true uh, on the left. It's true with a substantial number of folks on the right as well yeah. to say nothing of the number of independents that we have in the middle. Well, and there's a lot of folks that have started to pipe up, including legislators from rural areas who have said – they talk about school choice and like in my town, there's not there's right. not private schools on every corner, right? right? There's there's the public school and that is the school and it's the biggest employer in the town and it's where we have every community event and it's all we've got. And I know you're trying to say this is good for all of us, but it's not. It's right. only good for a few. This is a tax break that is a tax break for people who already send their kids to private school. Right. That's and, what this is. Right. Will, will no, someone, no one who is no one who doesn't send their kids to private school now is going to start doing it because of this of this legislation, or at least not very many, right? right? Like, and I think when they did the math on how many parents could potentially benefit from this, it's it's really not that many. Although yesterday during debate, when the Senate was passing these bills last night, I mean, yesterday's a deadline, so they went into the evening, six, seven, eight o'clock, um, and I was listening in on the debate, and they were asking Senator Treat like. How much is this going to cost? He said, "Well, it's capped at 150 million this year, and then 200 million, and then 250 million." And he was like, "It was weird." He was very clear. He's like, "Now, to be clear, I think we're going to spend all the money because they ask like, what happens if we don't spend it all?'" He's like, "Well, I think we're going to spend it all." Oh, we'll find something. And I was like, "But what do you like? You seem very confident we're going to spend 250 million dollars on this, um, but." But why? Like, what else could we do with that money, right? So if it's a if it's a seventy five hundred dollar tax credit, one hundred and fifty million dollars, if it's all spent, only helps twenty thousand people, right? Twenty thousand families, and that's a that's a lot, but it's not that many, right? Right. And again, how what is it? What does it cap out at? How much? One hundred and fifty million this but, year, but 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 per per family, seventy five hundred, I think. Yeah. So, um, how many private schools in Oklahoma will that cover your full year of tuition? Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know the full list, but most of the big private schools that are accepting new people, none. Right? Not even like, close. No. Even in close. fact, in Oklahoma City, right? So Heritage Hall and Cassidy, um, Cassidy and Bishop Bishop McGinnis, they all raised tuition this last year, and it roughly covers somewhere between. A quarter to a half of tuition for those, right? right? And if this passes, what are they going to do? They're all going to raise tuition again. Sure, they have no reason not to. Right? right? They're going to raise tuition again. This is it is it is a tax break for people <clears throat> like the governor who either homeschool or pay to send all of their kids to private school. Right. And here's the other thing about this conversation about tax break versus voucher. Right. So a voucher is like. I give you the money up front. You use that as like a gift card to go to school, right? The tax break, the, the way they frame it is that it's better because the family has to spend the money first and they get reimbursed. Right. Well, Scott, the only people who can afford to spend the money first are people who already have the money, right? You have to have that fifteen or thirty or $40,000 up front to spend it so you can file taxes next year and claim that credit. And that means even fewer people are going to use it, right? And I don't know the enrollment at those private schools and the ones in Tulsa, um, places like OCS and that, I mean, in Edmond, I, you know, I would imagine that if you look at all the families that go there, you might be approaching 20,000, right? But it is almost exclusively going to go, as you said, 
to people in the metro areas who already attend private school. And there's some element of, of these different credits being stackable, right? Where they can get more than one. Right. The, I mean, the, the, the school where, um, unless something has changed, um, the school where the governor sends his kids um, is $10,854 a year. Um, so uh, that's for that's for nine through twelve. For pre K through eighth grade, it's ten sixty four. So call it call it call it ten thousand seven hundred fifty on average for pre K through twelfth um, grade. Yeah. Um. So it wouldn't even cover the full cost of where the governor sends his kids, and that is one of the um less expensive yeah. private schools right. in the metro. And but I mean, gosh, like it does seem. Really bananas that the governor – he has six kids, right? Yeah. They're not all in school now, but some of them are older. Do they all go to that school? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Well, I know – I feel like at least one or two of them are out. Let's say he sends four of six, right? So he's spending 42000 43000 a year. 44. It's closer to eleven. Okay. $44,000 a year on yeah. tuition. Man, must be nice. That's a – that's more money than a lot of teachers make, man. Like yeah. that's nuts. Now, yeah. he – um, also would stand to benefit from this law. Correct. Which is a huge conflict of interest. Correct. To be like, I want you to pass a coupon for me to send my kids to private school. It's right. like what it amounts to. Correct. Um, which is absurd. Yeah. And it, it doesn't pay for the whole tuition. But if it was me and I had a way to cover three-fourths of the tuition for my kids, like that sounds like a good deal. Now he's still got to spend a lot of money out of pocket, but he is already spending money out of pocket. So he can afford this because he's doing it. Right. And that is not the case for most people. There's no – I can't afford to send my kids to private school, right? And like – I just looked up Mount St. Mary's, which is a large Catholic high school on the south side, 11000 a year. And oh, that's, if you're, that's if you're Catholic. Right. If you're not Catholic, it's 13450 <laughs> so they have like an in-state, out-of-state, but it's religious. Uh, if you're an international student, I guess Catholic or not, it's nineteen five fifty. Whoa, this is bonkers. Yeah. Oh, uh, participating Catholic status is determined by the student's local pastor and indicated by the pastor's signature. So your pastor gets to decide if you're a participating Catholic or not. How how Catholic, how Catholic are you? Oh, that's funny. Uh, this is bonkers. Well, and when you when you view all of this through the lens of what presumably has stopped, but will probably come back, that the Catholic Archdiocese had filed their application for an online charter school, right? Virtual charter school. And so had that gone through, or if it goes through in the future, you have the Catholic Church running a school that is eligible then for these vouchers, right? For public school dollars. So people could just send their kids to this virtual school um, and, and use taxpayer dollars for that. Um, what do you think uh, heritage is for grades seven through 12? Mm, 44. That's not that bad. Okay. <laughs> I've, I don't know. <laughs> uh, 23,650. Oh gosh. That's still a lot. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's like what I paid for undergrad. Um, that's substantially more. I mean, like all four years or like per year? No, per year. Yeah. Which was way, way too much money. I mean, we had no business going into debt like that. (laughs) Me or my parents or my sister. Um, yeah. So Scott, I, uh, Cassidy, uh, if you're curious, uh, Cassidy for nine through 12 is, uh, 
right. what it sh- we spend x x percentage of our budgets on education. So that must mean that they have plenty of money. Um, no, no, right? Incorrect. When other states are spending a billions more, yes, billions yes. with a B. Yes, yes. We how about we try? Just try for a few years, and that's to say nothing of what other countries do. Right. Right. No, you know, um, our friends at OK Policy often say um, that a budget is a moral document, right? If you show me your, where your money goes, you'll show me where your priorities are, right? And when we're, when we're giving money to private schools, when we are funding education um, poorly and funding policing really well, right? When we're giving money to cops and not to mental health services, when we're cutting public television – because we'd rather give tax breaks to the private television station owners, right? Like these kinds of things. It tells us a lot about where the priorities are for those people in that building making these decisions. And I think it's important to say that the morals and the decisions made at 23rd and Lincoln do not necessarily reflect the values of Oklahoma. That's a, that's a good spot to end it. I think so. Uh, listen, listeners, as session winds down, I think we're going to start hearing people talking about the 2024 election cycle, right? Oh, God, it's coming. It's coming. And I'm I'm saying this to any of our listeners who have thought about running for office. There's already one, I know, that listens that has uh, announced that she's running for uh, for state senate. We're not going to go into who they are. but Well, now we just need to get the other one to run, too. If both of our listeners could <laughs> run for office, <laughs> we'd be... <laughs> We'll Man, to... if, if they both run and win, if both of you guys run and win. Yeah, we'll give you a sticker. No, just um, as, a, as a nonprofit, we don't uh, endorse or oppose candidates for public office. But I'll say, listeners, if you're thinking about running and you have questions about it, um, reach out to us. We're happy to get you connected with people that can um, kind of steer you the right direction and talk about it. Two-thirds, uh, roughly 70%, right, of the state legislature uh, and statewide offices that were up last year for elections were reelected by default because no one ran against them. They had no opponent. And in some cases, they only had a primary opponent. Make them work for it. Yes. At least give voters a chance, right? And this, you know, this also grinds my gears is when people say vote them out of office. I'm like, no, no, no. We don't vote them out. We vote for someone else. Correct. We vote, we vote other people in. You vote for someone else. That is right. the only way to get someone out of office is to vote for someone else. Right. I mean, you cannot vote against someone. You can only vote for someone else. Right. Except for the judicial races, but those are a special case. Yes. But if you are frustrated. Which is also super effed up, but that's a yeah. discussion for another day. If you are frustrated with your current representation and you want to run, I encourage you to do so. I, even if I disagree with you on policy, voters deserve a choice, right? And if you want to talk about that, let us know. Podcast at letsfixthis.org. Hit us up on Twitter at letsfixthisokay. Um, I'll answer any questions about where to start or get you connected with someone who can. Um, but I would love to see like we did in 2018, a record number of people file for candidacy, right? I would. Do you know what I'd like to see even more than that, though? What's that? A record number of people vote. Oh, yeah. That's exactly right. Um, listeners, also, on that note, uh, I am I'm taking too long to write this, but I've got an email blast coming out that's going to invite you to do three things. First, register and attend 
our civics convention, which we call CivicsCon. It'll be June 26th and 27th at Rose State College here in Oklahoma City. Uh, and I'm working today to get the website up and running. So that'll come out soon. Secondly, we are um, you can join our Reach. So we have uh, an app called Reach that we use. It's a relational organizing app. You can use it to text your friends and remind them about government, remind them about things coming up. Um, it's super simple. We'll write the scripts for you so you know what to send. It's really easy. I'll have a tutorial about that. And third, we are preparing to launch um, – I don't want to describe this. It's like a writer's guild, right? We're calling it the Pinsmiths. And this is a group of folks like you, listeners, and me, maybe Scott, if we can convince him, who are willing to spend 15, 20 minutes a week to write a letter to the editor of their local paper, um, send in something to the news station. But there's a lot of us who are frustrated and we got to have an outlet. We have to have a way to help move the needle. And I, I think Twitter is on the decline. Today's my 15-year Twitterversary. And it's not the same as it was when I joined, right? But I think if we leave the narrative shaping up to people with whom we disagree, then we are doing a disservice to tell them the full story of what's happening in Oklahoma. And there's a way for us to articulate our feelings, our wants, our desires, our hopes and dreams for the future. And we can do that individually and together. And I would love to help bring everyone together to kind of write this message and to speak with one voice when we can. So we'll have that coming up soon. So if you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, as soon as we end recording, which would be in just a minute, because I'm going to start the music, go to letsfixthis.org, scroll to the bottom, sign up for our newsletter right there. um, So we can get you on the list. That email will go out in the next four days between now and Tuesday. Um, and we'll talk about it next week. I'm sure we need your help guys. So if you're listening, please, this is the time to lean in. I know you're frustrated. I know you're angry. I know you're despondent. You're hopeless. I'm telling you, there's still a chance. All right. Scott, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for having me. Listeners, thanks for being here as well. Thank you for indulging my rants, uh, my diatribes, and uh, our uh, our reverence reverence for what's happening in our state right now. As a reminder, decisions are made by those who show up. We'll see you next week.